Hey, 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 Closet Busters, come on and gather around. It's time once again to kick down those closet doors of life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens, Bold Move Expert and Coming Out Coach, and I'm going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloseted. So come on, grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step in to living your truth as we explore more stories, tips, and tricks for living your life uncloseted. Now let's get to the show. Hey, hey, Life Uncloseted family. It is time once again for Life Uncloseted straight from the closet. Yes, I've actually stepped out of the wine closet and I'm recording in my actual closet because, well, it's a little bit warmer upstairs these days, but enough about that. Today, we're going to go from the White House to, well, what I call the White House Beyond. So um, a friend of mine that I got to know over the past few years, he used to work in the White House. And I just want you to imagine at 23 years old, you get this gig and you know what? You didn't get it because you knew somebody. You didn't get it because your family had money. And you sure the heck didn't get it because you were going to some Ivy League school. What you did it was because well, you just knew how to go out there and network and make connections and, and not just slimy connections like, hey, because I know you, can you do me a favor? No, he did this because he stepped out. He made some pretty bold moves and he uncloseted himself into saying, you know what? Relationships really do help, every kind of relationship. And now he has stepped beyond. He has gone into his own world of like relationship building, relationship building, relationship building. And done beautiful things, not only for himself, but for others. And he's got a great company called Rise 25 that I want to talk about. And the reason I wanted to have John Kokorin on was because he just is one of those guys that is the essence of making relationships work. And I think John and I met each other about four years ago. And from the moment I met him, we started doing this relationship thing and he drove the cart. And then I started going, wow, this guy really does walk his walk and talk his talk. And that's why. I wanted to bring John on to Life Uncloseted today. So welcome to the podcast, John. Glad to have you here, buddy. Yeah, Rick. Thanks for having me. I'm honored. Yeah, yeah. So it has been an interesting journey for me to kind of get to know you and watch and then know that, wow, you were once working in the Clinton White House and all this sort of stuff. But before that whole Clinton thing, were you already kind of like figuring this out as a young guy that, hey, relationships really is where it's at? Or was that something that kind of came along? About that time, you're like, oh, the light bulb went off. When did you really get that relationships is what makes your world go round? Well, I got it, unfortunately, in kind of a painful way. So <clears throat> when I was a kid, uh, my father worked in, um, in journalism, mm -hmm. and he actually lost his job three separate times when I was growing up. And each time my family had to move basically across the country from one community to another, you know, leaving behind family and friends. And right. And it was always a really tough adjustment. And um, I realized that, you know, it was challenging because he didn't have the connections that where he could just turn to someone and say, okay, you know, I lost my job. I need a new job, you know? Right. And so it was always a struggle. Many months would go by. My mother would work as much as she could to put food on the table, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And it was a painful experience. So during my high school years, I just figured I need, there needs to be a better way. And I really was a student. I devoured a lot of different autobiographies and biographies of different successful people in different industries. And I found that universally, really across the board in different industries, whether it's you know, athletics or, or musicians or entrepreneurs or 
or you name it, um, people put a premium on their relationships. And whether it's Oprah Winfrey or Richard Branson or, or you name it, some famous achiever, um, they put a lot of effort into building relationships. And so I just applied that to my life. And as you said, that's how I've had some amazing opportunities like being able to work as a writer at 23 years old and in the Clinton White House, as a speechwriter to a governor of California, as a mm -hmm. run my own boutique law practice. All those things are because of putting relationships first. Why do you think a lot of people, and I'm not going to say they don't, they don't put relationships in that first position, but they, they kind of like, yeah, I know you, that you know me, and they don't really leverage it. Why do you think a lot of people don't leverage relationships more? Well, there's a couple things. I mean, I think one, <clears throat> people, rightfully so, they're thinking about what can I get, right? Mm -hmm. But they think that um, that means that they need to approach everyone first by asking for something. And that just does, doesn't work really well, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and then the other thing is just, you need to make it a habit, you know, I mean, we all get busy with our lives and, and I'm guilty of this, you know, you get busy and, and you don't do as much relationship building as you'd like to do proactively building relationships. And then you don't do as much, uh, of building relationships with the people that you already have relationships with. And oftentimes I'll ask people, you know, you've got these critical relationships and you just forget to keep them strong. Mm -hmm. Everyone makes this mistake, you know, and, and, and then another important piece is also just a way to manage all these relationships because we just end up getting to know more and more and more people and it's challenging to keep in touch with that many people and you have to shift different styles different strategies you know you can't go for honestly you, you can't write handwritten notes to every single person in your network on a monthly basis you, exactly. you know if you want to grow your 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 network but the fortunate thing is that there are tools available to us like marketing automation tools and social media that allows us to really connect with and in and keep in touch with an amazing array of people. And so I just try and leverage those and use those to keep in touch with a lot of people. Yeah. I think it's interesting in this day and age when we do have all the tools available from, and you, I'm glad you brought up social media because it can be a pain and it can be a blessing. But I know for me, in fact, even this, the fact that you and I are having this conversation today was because we've really Pretty much stayed in Kept touch, in touch social with social media. media. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, we, you know, I watch what's going on with your family and, you know, your, your kids and vice versa. And then going, oh, wow, he's doing some stuff with his business Rise 25 and, and all these things. And, uh, yeah, John and I don't talk on a daily basis, but I, a couple, three times a year, we'll, we'll hit. We'll have, like, quick conversations via social or something like that. And then we, we know where we're going. And it doesn't have to be slimy, people. It can be, hey, how you doing, John? What's going on? How's the newborn? You know, uh, it's like people really appreciate just, hey, you actually are paying attention. And I think a lot of people right. make the first mistake, which you already brought up, is what can I get out of this? What can you do for me? And that's the quickest way to actually ruin any kind of relationship is always to be about me, 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 me. So uh, Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, social is amazing because, I mean, you and I met at a conference, right? Yep. But then we also knew a lot of people in common. Um, and you can keep in touch using these different social platforms with, you know, people that you met from all different walks of your life. Maybe you met them at a conference. Maybe you, maybe it was a neighbor from college. Maybe mm -hmm. it was a, a neighbor that you live next to. Maybe it was a colleague. Maybe it was an old client. And you can keep in touch with so many people in a way that you never could before. It used to be like phone, yep. mail, and a Christmas card once a year, you know, mm -hmm. and like, it's not a great way to keep in touch with a lot of people. But, you know, a, a lot of people struggle with, 
how to use it in a way that's appropriate and that's you know reflective of who they are. I just think you use social media. You, social media should be a reflection of who you are offline. Absolutely. Online. And, and you know, I'm glad you brought up the whole Christmas card thing. because My husband and I were talking about this this year. It was like, we were so amazed at how few Christmas cards we got this year. And yeah. it was like, is this becoming something that's kind of gone to the past? I mean, we sent out to our, you know, our typical group, but even as I was going through it, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to send one here. And I, and I thought, okay, why am I not doing that? Well, mostly because I know a lot of those people I'm actually interacting with more online and having regular conversations in that way. Right. Which doesn't mean sending a Christmas card is a bad thing. It's just, I think we're definitely shifting much more and again, it can be a curse or a blessing, depending on how you want to look at it as you learn to do these different connections through different means. Yeah. I certainly hope that the people that I would, you know, the 50, 100, 200 people, whoever you'd be sending Christmas cards to, I didn't send one this year. I haven't sent, sent, sent them before. I haven't sent them in a couple right. of years. Um, but, you know, I, I certainly hope that the people who I would send them to, mm-hmm. that they, that I'm, I'm more connected with them yes. because of social media than I would if I sent them a card once a year, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree 100%. And what I find interesting is the more I keep looking at those sort of things, there are only certain certain times that I'm like, okay, I really want to go to the personal touch, but then I'm like, well, what does the personal touch mean? Maybe that person, the personal touch would be, hey, can we hop on the phone and just have a chat? They might appreciate that a whole lot more than, okay, I just sent them a handwritten note. Somebody that I know likes the handwritten note thing, I'm going to really dial in. I think this is kind of the basis of a lot of what you do when you're talking about how do you create the relationships. You are really good, and I noticed this right after we met, of like dialing in and going, okay, what do I need to know about this person to keep the relationship alive so that I can learn more about Rick? And I remember the first time you asked me about how my husband George was doing, and and you didn't just say, how's your husband? You said, how's George doing? I was like, wow, you know? And it's these things that I think most people are starting to miss is where's the detail? Where's the detail right. in the relationship? Right. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's not easy. I mean, <clears throat> you know, it's not easy to, but it just takes, it takes some interest, taking interest in, in people's life, you know, yeah. and, and um, uh, you know, remain, remembering a few critical details about people, it, it goes a long way. So what is your, what is your way of like kind of keeping all this like moving and knowing when to reach out and, and, you know, to have that little bit of detail? What is, what is something that you use on a pretty consistent basis? It's funny because, I mean, I learned this at a young age from observing people at high levels of power employ this. So, you know, I, I observed presidents and governors and senators who would remember one or two details about a lot of different people. Um, you know, when I worked in the White House, we um, we had to keep tabs of what the president was saying. So we would read his speeches or watch his speeches and we also would get copies of all his outgoing correspondence. So we'd see these notes that he would write to old family friends and people that he knew for a long time, political donors, supporters, that sort of thing. Yep, yep. And, you know, he would just like sprinkle in little details about them. Or I'd see him on a rope line saying something. And I saw governors do this. I, hung, I was around a lot of pre- other presidential candidates, people who yep. ran for president. Uh, I was around Barack Obama before he ran for president. And I saw them do this. They would, they would just, you know, just mention one little thing and then mm-hmm. see it light people up mm-hmm. just completely light them up when someone of significance remembers that 
it just makes such a big difference for them. But guess what? You don't have to be president of the United States or running for president in order to right. employ this strategy. It actually works on, on a local level. You know, I mean, if you run into your neighbor and you say, how's your son, Harry doing? How's right. your daughter, Jane doing? You know, how's your ankle? I know you hurt your ankle a couple of mm-hmm. weeks ago. Is it feeling any better? Mm-hmm. You know, or, um, hey, did, I know you're a great fan of Thai food. Did you know that there's a new Thai restaurant that just opened up about 10 miles away? You should check it out, you know? Those little touches just make a huge difference for people. They do. And and uh, so before you guys all got brought on the air with us, John and I were off air talking, and I noticed yesterday on Facebook he was <laughs> – He's very funny in, in a lot of his posts, and he was making a joke about, you know, suddenly going to possibly become a, a minivan driver. And I said, well, sounds like we're going to have to talk about that on the podcast tomorrow. <laughs> and, of course, as soon as he got on, the first question I asked him was, so are you a proud minivan owner right now? But it's those little <laughs> details like that. I could have just said, hey, John, cool. I'm glad you're here. So here's what we're going to do, bum, 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 and go. Then that would have all been about me. You know, and yes, it is my podcast, but I bring people into this because I want to be able for my listeners and the guests to go, wow, this is about them. It isn't about Rick. It's about how did you do what you're doing? What do you, what were the bold moves that you made that like showcases you and your strengths and all this sort of stuff so that it benefits my listeners and it benefits my guests. And I think those things are really important to keep in perspective. Everybody wants it to be kind of about them, but the more that you make it about the other person, the more successful you are. Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, I think when you cut through all the noise, it's a much better way of getting to know people. So I encourage people to get personal, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't mean that you're revealing all personal details or anything like that. But what I mean is, you know, if you're meeting someone at a conference or a networking event or something like that in a business function, when you can get past the surface level talking about business type of stuff, and you can talk about passions or interests or what your kids are up to or mm-hmm. you know different things like that uh, you know hobbies that's when you make a deeper connection with people so you know I, I try and employ that just in regular day-to-day life you know if I if I was talking to you if we ran into each other on the street and we were like hey how was your weekend I'd be like yeah I went and test drove a minivan you know my family has mm-hmm. gotten big enough now we need a a minivan and we were, you know, I just kind of like start talking about that. And so that's what I do on social media because then, but then, you know, we get all these responses from people. I mean, I get these responses from people I went to high school with who I haven't really had much in, haven't been in touch with them much over the years, but then it, it just gives you like this flashpoint to like have a conversation about it. And people are yep. responding and say, Oh, Hey, I drive an Odyssey minivan. Mm-hmm. And here's what I like about it. And, it's so much easier and more natural to just jump into a conversation like that than it is to, uh, you know, do the norm. Yeah. Do, the do norm. what we all do when we go to network. It's like, Oh yeah. What do you do? You know? What, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. And I, what I love about not only what you do, but how, when you open the dialogue to, it's not just about the question that got asked, Oh, what do you do? Well, I never tell somebody what I do. It's like, you know what? Here's something I've observed. Guys over 40, they really struggle sometimes to be who they want to be. And then they get stuck in that struggle. And then they start going, wow, I'm 45. And, you know, that one thing I keep saying I'm going to do, I'm going to leave this job. I'm going to, you know, give up all this stuff and go do something that I'm really passionate about. What I've found is most guys keep saying that, but they're not doing anything about it. And what I get to do every day is work with guys to help them figure out why they're not doing that and help them get there. Now I've told a whole story. I haven't like just said, oh yeah, here's what I do. 
You know, it's a, it's about showing another side to me. And oftentimes when that question gets asked of me, John, it's often, you know what, when I was 41, blah, 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 blah. Here's what I discovered about myself. And it's, mm-hmm. it, I think it helps connect people. It helps them like, oh, wow, this is what Rick's all about. And uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same thing for you. So as you kind of started to really deploy this, I know it happened while you were doing the White House stuff and working with the governors and everything. Now let's kind of come forward to you, you know, had your practice and everything, but now this whole Rise 25 thing, at least from where I sit, it's been a big part of your life over the last few years. So what brought that whole journey about for you? Um, so, you know, I, it, it has been a journey. So, you know, about five or six years ago, I was full-time practicing law yep. as a lawyer, was not fired up by it, didn't love it. Um, started my own firm, which was better because I had more control over my life and what I wanted to focus on. And I realized I loved working with business owners. I really enjoyed that, but I didn't enjoy fighting every day for them or fighting with other lawyers. It makes you very angry with life. And so I wanted to transition out of it. And I, there were a few things that I knew. One of the things I knew is I wanted to write a book at some point. That was something I was I was really proud of doing, you know, as an achievement. And um, so I, uh, you know, at the time, people's advice was, we'll start a blog. So I did, because you have to build a blog, you build an audience behind it in order to publish a book. So I did that. And I just went down the rabbit hole of, well, how do you build up a blog? Took a while, took many years. And eventually, I monetized that to the point where I made more money from a combination of the blog and the podcast than I did practicing law. Hmm. And then I ended up partnering up with his business partner, Jeremy Weiss, Dr. Jeremy Weiss out of Chicago. He and I did one event together, kind of on a fluke. We were both going to a conference together, like I ran into you at a conference. And he called me up before and said, hey, let's do a small group event. Might be kind of fun. Usually I said no to stuff like that, but I, for whatever reason, he was a pretty persuasive guy. And I said, okay, we did it. We really enjoyed it. And we just kept on going. And it's been a great business partnership. And now we view it as, um, you know, what I've done throughout my career and what I did through my blog and my podcast was connecting, helping, you know, first it was me, like just me connecting myself and then, then it turned into helping others, teaching them how to connect with influencers, clients, referral partners, strategic partners that they want to connect with. And then now it's an evolution. Now we're really doing a lot of done for you where actually our team is coming in and helping to connect people. So it's basically lead generation, getting more referral partners, getting more leads in the door for them. Um, and we do that through a combination of um, LinkedIn outreach, we do it through a combination of email outreach and client, and also um, um, content marketing. Mm. And then we also do it through the format of a, of a podcast uh, where we help people to start a podcast because the podcast, which we're doing right now, right. is one of the best things I've ever done in my life. Yep. Yep. And it's just an, a tremendous tool. Everyone should have a podcast because it allows you to connect with people you wouldn't otherwise connect with. So uh, I'm a huge fan of it. I'm a huge fan of them too. And that's why I'm starting a new one. Oh, wait, I'm not supposed to say that yet, but, um, <laughs> um, but because it is a connection piece and whether you have only, you know, a few hundred downloads a week or you have hundred thousand downloads a week, there's a connection point that somebody's going to make with you. And then maybe they only listen to one of your podcasts, but then they go and they find your website and like, Oh, I didn't know this, is what this person does. And then they connect with you because of the content you're writing or they connect with you because, you know, in my case, I'm a coach and you, because you have rise 25 and you're doing these events. It's about finding where the connection pieces are. And then again, creating the relationship from that connection piece. And I think a lot of people, again, I think they miss that 
you don't have to have some huge, wonderful way to make a relationship happen. You just got to show up. And I think too many people think, I got to have this, and then I got to have this, and then I'll be ready. <laughs> you just got to be open, and you got to put yourself in that space of, I'm really genuinely interested in you. And That's I, what the best thing you can do, is just taking interest in other people, you know, and and the other thing that the podcast does, which, by the way, I, you can also do in the form of just interviewing someone and publishing it in some other medium. It doesn't have mm -hmm. to just be audio. You know, if you yeah. like video, you can do video. If you like writing, you can create an article. Yeah. Um, but taking interest in someone and then giving them publicity, giving them exposure, and you don't have to have a tremendous audience in order to do mm -hmm. this. Just the fact that you take the time to give someone exposure, put them on a pedestal, ask them questions, take interest in things that they're doing, um, it goes a long way. And then through the principle of reciprocity, that person then is compelled they want to repeat, repay the favor. So they're going to look around, okay, what can I do for this person? So, sure. you know, it ends up being, uh, it works out well. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got was, if you show up to a conversation interested, more than likely the person will walk away saying that was an interesting person. Because yeah, it's the interested, when you're interested in someone else, we're all humans. We need our, we need our ego stroke, so to speak, but that's the difference. And I think if you don't practice that, you will always be struggling. I'm always interested in who my guest is and what that piece of them is that I'm going to find out that I maybe didn't know something about them and prior to the conversation. And so many times when I bring guests on, they're like, well, do you have a, you know, what are the questions you're going to ask? I'm like, I don't know <laughs> because I want this to be really natural. I mean, yes, I know enough about almost all my guests to go, okay, I know kind of where we're going, but at some point I want to be in that interested space and go, okay, so, but what about this? Why, why did you do this? Or what was the challenge that you had? And I think that's just simple human communication that a lot of times gets thrown out the door. Yeah, that's so true. <clears throat> it's so true. Yeah, just taking an interest in people, you know, and, and it's, it's not, you know, a lot of times people go the other end of the spectrum. So they think like, you know, I mean, <clears throat> then if I take too much interest, or if I'm pursuing mm -hmm. too much that I'm stalking them, you hear that right. sometimes that term right. that I'm stalking them, which is rarely ever the case. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, people just don't do enough in order to pursue the people that they're interested in. And I actually encourage people, I think that you should create what I call your conversations list, which is a list of the 50 people who you want to connect and deepen a relationship with over mm -hmm. the course of the next year. And these could be people that you haven't met at all. It could be people that existing clients, it could be existing referral partners, could be people that you know already, longtime friends, mm -hmm. you know, but be deliberate, be intentional, have the people in mind that you want to, you know, build a, a deeper relationship with and you know as long as they're aligned with the vocational or business goals that you have for yourself right. there's no way that that's going to hurt you it's it's only going to help you so i know you work with a lot of different people in your work with rise 25 you know new people getting started guys and gals who've been around for a while in their businesses what's a common thing that it seems like everybody gets challenged by when they come to do these intimate events. I mean, I'm not talking about the event itself, but they're out there, they're doing their thing, but I know I've seen it, but I'm curious from your perspective, John, what's a common thing they're all struggling with? You mean when people do events? Like we know when or? they come like to rise to like get the help from you guys, is there a common oh, right. of stuff they're struggling with? 
Yeah. Um, I, I think it's really, it's, they struggle with the idea of one, some people, sometimes people struggle with narrowing a, a focus, like having a clear type of person that they're going after. Yep. If that's not the case, then another big problem is figuring out a way. And this, this is a totally legit, uh, you know, challenge figuring out to outreach to people in a way that's not sleazy, not sparmy and not salesy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and, and so a lot of times people just don't know what to do, especially yep. in a way that is scalable, mm-hmm. you know, and a podcast is a great tool because it is a way of delivering value to people. So you can reach out to people, but the problem is, is that it's not as scalable. Yep. So, because you can only do however many you do a year, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I do one a week, so that's 50 a year. Well, you right. can't really break beyond that number, you know, right. unless you do two a week, you know, right. or unless you and, do seven days a week and who wants to do that? Exactly. There are people that are doing them, but right. It gets of, exhausting, right. Yeah. That sort of thing. So, you know, there are other ways you can do it. First of all, it doesn't need to be perfect. So, you know, doing 10 people a year is better than nothing, right? you know, right. but what we've started doing is we've started using writing to supplement that. Mm-hmm. So we also use uh, write articles. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we've done this in different niches where, and this is what we do for clients as well is we will combine the outreach with writing an article, which profiles the person mm-hmm. alongside their respected peers. So yep. it's, it's highlighting their thought leadership. And so what's amazing about it is that, it gets a much better response rate. So when we reach out on our, we've done this for ourselves, we do this for ourselves, and we also do it for clients. We reach out to, you know, maybe a, a, a group of referral partners or we reach out to prospects, prospective clients, mm-hmm. and it's a complete give. You're not asking for anything. Right. All you're asking for is, hey, can I highlight you, highlight your thought leadership alongside some of your respected peers in this article, and I just need the answer to this one very short, quick question, which is the topic of the article. And so we do that, and then we write it, and then we publish it, and then it gives you the opportunity to go back to that person, and and maybe you get on the phone. And we've had, it's amazing, like we've done it in different ways. We did one for my business partner where he was reaching out. This was totally as a test. We reached out to franchise business owners. Now, People who own franchises, they, they might own like five Chick-fil-A's and they might own right, 10 right. McDonald's or something. So they're busy, they're, they're affluent. And we were reaching out using LinkedIn, using this strategy. And we had people that were messaging back within hours, here's my phone number, give me a call. Here's my calendar booking link, give me a call. I'd love to talk to you about this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it was amazing. It blew us away yep. that doing that. So what I recommend to people is find something like that. Okay. Find something where you can highlight that person. Now, look, it doesn't need to be an article. If you don't like writing, there are other ways to do this. For example, it's the same principle. If you bring people together, it's a give, right? Mm -hmm. So if you bring, if you're going to get to get together for coffee or lunch with one other person, Bring three or four other yeah. people too. Bring them together. You become the hub, the person who's bringing people together, and you're giving to other people. And the, again, the principle of reciprocity, they're going to want to repay the favor. Absolutely. And I've seen John do this many times. He's he invited me to more things than I can remember that I, I simply couldn't come to because the, the schedule weren't working. But I knew <laughs> it was one of these days. One of these days, yes. <laughs> but I knew it was because he's just like, hey, I want you to be a part of this. I want you to you know experience this, and I want you to make some connections. because if it's always about what's going to happen for John, 
it's going to come through that way and nobody's going to show up. Now that's not the reason Rick hasn't shown up. It's because things just haven't worked out. But I love this concept of bring people to the table. How can you bring people to your table without it being all about you? And today was one of those days I kind of did this. I reached out on Facebook and then I reached out through some texts and I said, Hey guys, I'm wanting to feature some stuff that will help guys where they're struggling. And I want to know what are some of the biggest fears you as a man have so I can write some content and address this in some stuff that might help you. And literally within five minutes, the, the, the responses just started pouring in which said, hey, I struck the right chord because all guys are struggling with something that they like, yeah, I'm really afraid of this. Everything from, you know, in the bedroom to finances, to being alone, to not being successful at work, to, you know, losing their health, whatever. It, it was because I didn't make it about me. I said, hey, I'm doing a little project, but I want to do something that's going to help all of us guys as men be better. And boom, 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 the answer started coming. Now, if I had said, Hey, I'm writing an article. I need this information. I need to have it by tomorrow. And I just want to know what is your fear because I'm doing this great article that, you know, blah, blah, blah has asked me to write. I can guarantee you, I would have got some responses, but it wouldn't have been near as many, near as many. If you're asking for a favor then rather yeah, yeah. than doing yeah. it because out of a place of empathy, a place yeah. of compassion, place of wanting to help others. Yeah. So yeah. I'm curious, John, as you have had all these different experiences, um, what was something that you most learn about this or anything when you were in the White House? What was something that really sticks out to you about like this I carried forward in all my work up until this stage of your life? Um, there's a lot of lessons that I learned from that. I mean, I, it inspired me to go to law school because I was constantly surrounded by people who are at the top of their game, incredibly intelligent. I'd be in, in meetings with other, you know, people who'd been, been to law school and I tended to lose arguments to them. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I should go to law school. Um, you know, it, it inspired me to be mission focused, to be mm -hmm. focused on, on a cause and a larger mission. Um, it, it, you know, just looking at, you know, the, the president at the time, President Clinton, you know, there was an art, I mean, it was written in, uh, George Stephanopoulos wrote a, a biography after he worked in the White House in, on right. the 92 campaign. And one of the things he said in that book really struck me. He said that he spent, you know, hundreds of hours with Bill Clinton, the candidate bef beforehand. And then once he became president, he never once saw him turn around and badmouth someone. Hmm. He never saw him, you know, and you can imagine all the different kinds of people that you run into, you know, in a campaign, stuff like that. People come up and say all kinds of stuff to you, right? Right. And he never like afterwards said, oh, did you see that crazy person that talked to me there? Right. And I, I, I am truly convinced that um, that is, <laughs> with a possible exception, major exception right. of who's in the White House now, right. who I'm not too fond of. But uh, prior to that, you know, it, we had an unblemished record mm -hmm. of our leaders in the highest levels of power uh, who, for the most part, um, you know, ha it's one of the most transparent positions that you can be Absolutely. in. Absolutely. And that is rewarded because people had uh, the right attitude and had people's best interests in mind. And I think that carries on to leadership in the business uh, realm as well, is that, you know, you should treat people with, res with respect. And um, that's a great standard to hold yourself to, you know, to, um, to treat people with respect and to not, um, 
you know, turn around, even if it is, even if you think it's behind the scenes and no one's hearing it, but to, to trash someone, you know? So that's something that I've carried with me and I try and certainly, you know, Bill Clinton was not a perfect man, had many flaws, but that's just one example um, where of something that I've tried to continue with my life. I can't say that I always do it, but I just, I I try to. Well, and what I've found too, and again, you know, I'm like you, I'm, there's no way I'm close to perfect, but what I try to do now is even like this conversation today, it's like, okay, what can I take from this conversation and continue to put into my life that is going to benefit somebody else, not just benefit me, but benefit somebody else. And I love the word transparency because it's something I'm actually working with a lot right now with a program I'm putting together for men. And I know it sounds kind of scary to be transparent to people, but it's like, at some point, it's going to get figured out anyway. So if you're just upfront about here's who I am, here's how I show up, this is what I am, you kind of are already there. You don't have to do anything else to be there. And I think transparency can actually be a very beautiful thing because it doesn't leave any room for guesswork. You know exactly where you stand with someone. You know exactly where they are. And sometimes it can be ugly because, okay, yeah, I'm a complete racist or bigot or, you know, narcissist or whatever. Fine. Okay. At least I know that about you. Now I can make a more better educated. How do I want to be in this relationship with you or do I not? But people get so scared of this transparency thing. But when you're transparent kind of goes back to the interested and interesting when you're transparent, I think it attracts people to you and you can build better relationships because people then know who you really are versus this false, you know, bravado of who we might think we're projecting out. And I often say this on the podcast. I think it's a perfect place to say it again. If you're pretending to be someone you're not, and the person you're talking to is pretending to be someone they're not, guess what? We're having a pretend relationship because nothing in this is real. Right, right. And we move through life in that way as um, people. And then lo and behold, we don't really have any true relationships. So, um, right. So anything totally. on the horizon, man? Or you, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I just, I respect authenticity. I respect people that are reflection on and offline who are, who are just honest to who they are as a person, even if I don't connect with that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, just that, you know, people who recognize who they are and have, um, awareness of that and don't try and varnish it in some other way. I think that's very commendable people that, that can, they can do that, you know, and, and I've always taken a lot of interest in different areas, you know, uh, gone through different types of careers in professionally. And even when I was a kid, I was interested in different careers and, you know, but something's always been interesting to me about people who just like knew who they are and knew what they want to do. And then that was it, you know, because that's not really been been my experience, you know. Mm-hmm. But you're right. What's I mean, important be- is to be that. I believe it's important, just simply because then there's no guesswork here. <laughs> you just and it doesn't mean you have to like them. I'm like you. It's like sometimes somebody can be really transparent. I'm like, mm, okay, not my cup of tea, but at least I know that. Rather than oh, now I'm suddenly figuring this out about you. That actually makes it worse. I'd rather know it up front. And I know that's not for everybody to know up front, but, um, and I'm not saying lay everything out on the line, but <laughs> one of my clients is like, so what you're saying is I just need to tell this person that I want to date. I said, that's not what I'm saying. You don't go a hundred percent on the first date. It's like, just don't put stuff out there that will cause somebody to come back and go, but that's not who you said you were. You know, it's kind of like walking that fine line, so to speak. So uh, the authenticity piece. So, so anything new coming up, any, you know, um, big stuff coming up or this is. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so 
my 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 family expanded by a kid recently yeah. so we we got four now we had a daughter so we went to three boys and then we added a girl which is awesome um and so yeah it's required some rejiggering with our yeah. professionally you know we we did probably like 10 or 12 events last year and there's no way we're going to be able to keep up that pace this year mm -hmm. so you know we've got two that are coming up in the next month and a half and um i still do enjoy doing you know, events and going out to events and, right. and hosting people, especially for dinner parties and would do, you know, food tours and fun stuff like that and VIP receptions. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you constantly have to be evolving and changing and looking for new opportunities. And so, you know, that's, that's what we've been doing. And it's been fun because I've, you know, my business partner and I have been podcasting for between the two of us about 15 years combined. Oh. And we never intended to then go out and turn that into a business, but it has become a portion mm -hmm. of our business. I've been helping people with creating a podcast. So it's fun when you get to do something that you've, you believe in mm -hmm. and that you personally really benefited from. And you can say with conviction that this is something that you really should be doing. I'm not mm -hmm. selling them something that I've never experienced before. I'm selling them something that I truly believe in and that I think they should be doing. So right. that's really gratifying right now is being able to work on that. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. I think those things are really important when you can dial into that piece of you that says this really aligns with who I am and how I want to show up in the world. That's another way of really creating relationships because people can see that stuff. <laughs> it, yeah. They can see somebody who's feeding them a line of crap and somebody who's like, oh my gosh, yes, this person is so totally into this. This is what they, they live and breathe. They enjoy it. Right. And then that's what creates the relationship. And I think that was one of the things that even in the brief moments that you and I met initially, whatever it was been now, four years ago in San Diego, it was like, okay, this is genuine. This isn't just like, you know, this is some really good stuff here. And I know I've watched you, you've watched me, and we keep watching what each other's doing and going, okay, well, where do we intersect and where can we bring this all together? And I think that's the beauty of relationships as well. Yeah, that's what's so great is that, you know, then in this world, we can cross paths again, you yeah, know, um, exactly. you know, especially, you know, it, it, we're both in California. Yep. We both, you know, run in kind of similar digital marketing types of circles, yep. podcasters, all the things in common in those, in that regard. So you know, it's nice to be able to cross paths with people throughout Absolutely. the year in those, in those ways. The last question before we wrap this sucker up, if you could give somebody some, some piece of advice other than what you've already done, if they're struggling to really create a relationship with someone, what's, what's something you'd tell them to do? Um, well, in addition to interviewing them, that's a good thing to do. Um, <laughs> you know, just look for ways to be of service and to be, a, you know, assistance to them. Um, you know, and it's easier than ever before. I laugh when people say, well, how do I know what I could help them with? Or, you know, people legitimately, they say like, I, I feel like I don't have enough to val a value for that person. Mm -hmm. well, there's, everyone is looking for something. Everyone yeah. could use help with some particular thing, you know, it doesn't matter how high up you are. So look and see if you can figure out what that is. You know, it, mm -hmm. it, it might be something for a family member. Um, it might be they need a recommendation of a, for a hire or something like that. Or, or you, maybe you can just connect over a, a shared mutual interest and you can tell them, you know, they're the world's largest Star Wars fan. Mm -hmm. You'd be like, did you know that the next right. movie is going to star so-and-so and they didn't know that. And then the, Ooh, boy, you, you've blown their mind, right? Right, exactly. So, you know, it, it could be something like that. So look for ways to deliver value to the people who you'd like to build relationships with. Don't think first of what you can do for yourself. Think first of what you can do for them, and that will always serve you well. Mm-hmm.
Yeah. And so like John doesn't even know this, but I'm like the master car buyer. I always get the best deals and I find the greatest things. Go. I just bought my daughter a car two weeks ago, walked in. I'm like, okay, this is a pretty good deal, but let's see. Hmm. No, I think I want that one because that one was the service car. It only had 4,000 miles on it. I got him to come down to the same exact price as the other one. Nice. And I don't know. I just, I don't know why. I, and I'm not, I hate car buying, but I always tend to get these really amazing deals. Oh man, you need to so, come with me. So yeah, I think I need to make a trip up to the Bay Area and help John, you know, find that <laughs> really cool dad minivan so he can like <laughs> rock it with all the kids. All right, bro. So, hey, thanks for being here, being a part of Life Uncloded. I so love how you shared so much of this because I think for most people, one of the best ways to uncloset your life and make some bold moves is to really, truly lean in to the relationships that you have and that you can build to come out of whatever that closet is you come out of. So thanks again for being here, John. I so appreciate you, man. My pleasure, Rick. Thanks for having me. All right, there you have it. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end, but that's okay. We're going to be back in just a couple of days sharing more stories, tips, tricks, and wisdom for helping you live your life uncloseted. And you know what? You can share it too. Just take a few moments if you like and if you believe in this podcast and share it with someone you know today. Share it from your phone, go share it on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you are. Maybe even give us a rating and review because you know what? It's all about the planet living their life uncloseted. I'm Rick Clemens, host of the show and the guy who helps you make those big, bold moves. And I hope you never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted. Catch you real soon. Take care, everyone.